Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So, your child lies sick, close to dying it seems. What do you do back in the first century when nothing that medicine can offer could possibly heal your child? Well, you go ask Jesus, of course, don't you? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to the program as we take another look at signs, wonders and miracles from a different perspective. Most of us have a strained relationship with miracles. On the one hand, God doesn't always seem to show up when we ask him to. I know that with all the people listening to this message around the world today, there are going to be some who've had a child die, despite the fact that they've cried out to God for healing. I totally get that. And for those who've travelled that road, I simply can't imagine the pain and the anguish that you've felt. And yet God, by his sovereign grace and love, chooses the miracle healing of a child to speak of his power and grace and love as the second sign in the Gospel of John, which points to the authenticity of Jesus. So that's one tension that we experience, the reality that the miracles we read about in the Bible don't always seem to show up in our lives when we need them to and when we want them to. The second tension is this. We've all seen those televangelists prancing around the stages with huge audiences on our TV screens, and they yell and they shout and they make outrageous claims. It's like a performance. And these so-called evangelists, who, by the way, sometimes drive Rolls Royces, have their own jets and live in mansions, claim healings in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, hallelujah. And you're kind of sitting there watching this on TV, or, or perhaps you've been to one of those meetings and you've thought to yourself, come on, that's not how it works, right? So we struggle sometimes with, with what we see about miracles, and we often want to sweep the whole idea of miracles under the carpet and ignore them because it's just too hard. That's where many people, most people in fact are, on the subject of signs, wonders and miracles. Then you read this, Jesus' second sign in the book of John. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee where he had made the water into wine. And at Capernaum there was a royal official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. But the official just said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. And the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. They said to him, Sir, yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. And the father knew that that was the very hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed and all his household. This was the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Now, early in the week, we saw how easy it is to deny the power of God. Like the people in Jesus' own hometown, Nazareth, we we sometimes don't expect miracles in the midst of the mundane realities of our lives, the place where you live, where, where you've grown up, where you work. I mean, look around. Do you really expect Jesus to show up and do some miracles in those places? 
And yet here was this nobleman, a man of position and power, so desperate that he was prepared to humble himself, even humiliating himself in front of the crowd by racing to Jesus and begging that he comes to heal his son. He was a royal official. Jesus, whilst he was pulling crowds, whilst he kind of had, I don't know, unofficial rock star status, he, in the Jewish social pecking order, in the scheme of things, was a nobody. He wasn't a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling religious body. He hadn't gone to have his credentials stamped by the religious hierarchy in Jerusalem. He was from Nazareth. Yuck. Does anything good come out of Nazareth? And yet he'd been doing these amazing miracles. And this father, because he was a father as well as a royal official, he was at his wit's end. The child was about to die. He hears that this Jesus is around. The Jesus, they say, has been healing people. Desperation drove him to come to Jesus. He didn't just ask, he begged. That's the sense of the original Greek word translated here into asked. He cast himself completely on the mercy and the power of Jesus in front of everybody else. Big call. Something that sometimes we're not prepared to do, either because we're too ashamed to go up for an altar call at church or or to ask someone to pray with us or, or to let people know that we're completely at the end of our tether and we're relying on Jesus to do the miraculous. Because we can't. Or All too often, we want to appear like we have it all together. We don't need any help. Well, can I tell you? None of us has it all together. And none of us live lives that don't need the supernatural power of God to break into our natural, boring little world from time to time. So this man of position and status casts himself at the feet of Jesus. And how? How does Jesus respond? Jesus takes this as an opportunity for some teaching to the crowds. So Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you won't believe. Hey, I'm putting myself in this guy's shoes. That is not exactly the response I'm looking for. But Jesus was making a point. See, some people won't believe in Jesus no matter what. Another time, a bunch of religious leaders came to him and they demanded a sign from him. He called them a faithless and perverse generation and said no sign will be given to you. That's an important lesson for you and me to learn. It's an important lesson when someone we love is dying and God, by his sovereign will, chooses not to heal them because in the lost and fallen world in which we live, we all get sick. And unless Jesus returns beforehand, we're all going to die. I know one young man who goes to a church not far from me who said, hey, unless there are signs and miracles and wonders at church every week, you know what? God isn't in that place. Well, you know, that's not what Jesus is saying here. In fact, you read, say, the book of Acts, and you imagine it was wall-to-wall miracles going on there, when in fact that book chronicles the first 20 or so years of the fledgling church, and those miracles it talks about are spread over two decades and across much of the then-known world, right? So Jesus is putting this whole signs and wonders and miracles thing into perspective here and saying, in effect, yeah, sure, these signs do point to me. They do speak of my authenticity, that I am who I say I am. But they're not the be-all and the end-all, and they shouldn't be the thing on which your faith hangs. It's a great bit of teaching, wouldn't you agree? But, But where does that leave the nobleman, the royal official, begging Jesus to come quickly and heal his son? Well, he doesn't seem to be fazed by this at all. He just focuses on Jesus, and again he says, Sir, come down before my child dies. And then then Jesus speaks that healing out through his lips. And as we read, 
the child was healed, but not in the way the man had hoped. He wanted the physical presence of Jesus at his place in Capernaum. Jesus, on the other hand, spoke healing by the power of his word. How would you and I have reacted? No, no, Jesus. You have to come on down to my place and lay hands on him and do whatever it is you do. That's not how this man reacted. No. Instead, he took Jesus at his word. He believed. And you know the rest of the story. The boy was healed. Question, will you take Jesus at his word? Will you listen to his powerful word today and simply believe? Sometimes he doesn't show up because we're asking him something that isn't part of his plan. And you know what? Fair enough. As much as it may hurt, God is God and he gets to decide that and it inevitably works out for the best. But sometimes, sometimes he doesn't show up because we don't expect him to, because we don't humble ourselves to ask, because we don't admit that we need Jesus' help in public, because we don't go to Jesus and whatever else might be going on around us, ask him for a miracle. is alive and active, amen, with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org. Or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of His Word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.